1: Welcome to Blackball. My name is James DeFuria. I am now the possessor of maybe 38% of a voice, but that's fine um, because I love my next two guests. I actually met them. Um, they're related to a person I became friends with when I lived in Toronto and the beaches. And I'm gonna tell you, this whole family tree. Once they start talking and, and you realize it's is like all in entertainment, or they're all artists or very creative, and. Um, I just thought it would be interesting to have them on the show, uh, to talk about what they're doing and what it's like to be like, that must be a crazy family. Cause creative people are like me, no me. And you know, like that must be crazy at Christmas, but, um, let's talk to them in person. Uh, they are mother and daughter, Gail Harvey and Katie Boland ladies. How are Hi. you?
0: Great. Thank you so much for having us and for that beautiful introduction. What an introduction. That, okay. I'd love a copy See, of that. We could just get the little- I don't
1: write it down. You'll have to just transcribe it. I just think it and do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we met in the beaches cause I'm friends with Mike, your, well, your son and brother. Yeah. And, and I mean, even your dad, Katie is like a writer. He wrote, he wrote a book that I read 20 years before I met Mike. So that I thought that was really interesting. Um,
2: about Dave Steep or
0: the one about Kelly? Yeah. Carter?
1: Tomorrow I'll be perfect.
0: Yeah. Such I'll tell him book. that. He, yeah, my my father is um, a phenomenal writer and a huge talent, and he loves it when people have read his book. Yeah. So I'll tell, I'll tell well, him I don't him.
1: know. Okay. Good. Good. Um, what is it like? Because it's not just you two and Mike. Like, is it your sisters? gail or whoever that seems to I have, have a sister, like I
2: have a sister and a brother and my sister just mm-hmm. wrote a book of poetry called ptsd poems to slay drag demons and mm-hmm. my brother's a photographer and a musician
0: and a filmmaker mm-hmm. and a filmmaker
2: and my dad was a country and western singer who played the Ryman auditorium when he was 80 and my wow. mother was a manager when when he first started so it was when i grew up there was always a family where you It wasn't like oh you have to do this or you have to do that you know kind of oh i'm going to be an artist it was like okay good luck you know
1: that's 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 my dad i was like dad i'm going to be a writer he's like just just be a salesman james just 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 in sales (laughs) i was like i don't want to do that um a lot in the last like five years or so in entertainment especially as roughly centered around like the me too culture and i'm just curious for two people like you, you're both veterans in the industry. Has there been any sort of like um, sea change as far as equity between men and women in entertainment? Has that happened yet in Canada?
0: I would say yes. I do think that I wouldn't, I don't know if I would go so far as to call it a sea change. I think that that insinuates that there's been more positive progress maybe than there actually has been. If you look at the statistics and the numbers, but I do think that there's a tremendous focus on, women telling stories, women in the director's chair, women uh, in positions of power. But sometimes I wonder if that's more tokenism than actually are things changing. But I I know that decorum has certainly changed on set. Like there's there's much less um, outward sexual harassment, innuendo, like that's certainly different. Well, um, I would oh, say yeah. it has changed. Uh,
2: I'm sorry to jump in on you there. No, um, when I started directing, which is many years ago, I don't even know how I did it because I was always the only woman. It took me ages to get into the one-hour TV shows. So I started, I was at the film center that Norman Joseph started the second year it was there uh, as a director resident. There were only six of us, I think, there. Uh, and um, when I got out, it was you know, there weren't, you couldn't get jobs. So you could it finally broke into directing children's television. And then from there, it took me quite a few years to get onto one hour dramas, which is what I do exclusively now. Was um, that the
1: stereotype back then? I'm like...
2: the woman, I'm never the only woman anymore. Right. It's very, very right. rare. And that now that there, there are mandates that have 50% women that started. And now the mandates are including diversity, which I think is great.
1: Is equity and diversity a tough not sell, but a, a tough thing to accomplish when you're dealing with creative things. It seems like it's easier for non-creative things. Like other industries might be, have an easier time with equity than, than art. It's so subjective. Like how do you, like are, are we picking um, people who are talented? Um, obviously we are because you know, they're in the industry that they are in, they're being considered. But do you know what I mean? Like is there, like would, would there ever be a time where you'd be like, well, his screenplay's better but hers is almost as good, let's go with her. Does that ever happen?
2: I think so. I would say yes, yeah.
0: And, and but I can't I, say that I've seen a person of color have a job on set that wasn't tremendously talented or probably more talented than the white right person. Okay. It's right. just like yeah. do you have the opportunities or do you do you have examples to be able to see people who look like you on TV or in positions of power? But for sure a huge mm-hmm. part of decision making is like is a representation.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gail, your, your background, Gail, probably helped a little bit at least. Like, didn't you start off more on the tech side of photography and things like um, that?
2: I, I was the third woman photojournalist hired by United Press, a wire service in the world back in the late seventies. And, right. um, there were, there were no women. There were like three of us in the, in the whole world that were working. And then, and then in Toronto, there were a couple of people, um, But it's interesting because still photography and photojournalism, I think, is a great preparation for directing because I was very technical, but a camera for me is an emotional thing. It's a way to to capture feelings uh, and there's a language of cinema. It's the same kind of thing. You know how to move the camera and what to do and how to put a scene together to tell a story. So when I was a photojournalist, I loved doing photo essays, which were telling a story with images. And so it's, yeah. you know, it's the same with when I started I was shooting on 35mm film, I was making movies, so it's the same film. So, it, so I wasn't afraid of it. I think that maybe someone was directly hadn't spent a lot of time with the camera. Like the ca- my camera was the extension of my hand. I'm still very yeah. comfortable with camera, but I, people have often said, why didn't you DP? But it's not the same thing, because when I was taking portraits and telling stories, it was working with people. Same way I work with actors, make people feel comfortable kind of know what you're trying to express mm-hmm. and um, set sets, everything, right? It was very similar. So it's not just technical. Uh, yeah,
1: a lot of storyboarding. And you have to basically make it concise in the image to tell the story. Um,
2: uh, I storyboard in, in difficult scenes, like stunt scenes and stuff like that. But normally mm-hmm. I just make a shot list and I do football drawings. So I kind of go and plan out where everyone's going to be. Oh, really? I think cool. I go to the sets <laughs> beforehand and I shoot things on my iPhone. So I'll get the first AD and the location to go, okay, this is where the apps will be here, and I'll do this angle, this angle, this angle. And it's a great way to communicate. So I can go back and show the DP or tell the producers this is what I'm planning on doing. And then of course you throw it all away when you get on set because it's a living, breathing art form. You're working with
1: human beings. Yeah. Um I, I I uh I was friends with the late Christy Blatchford and um and Linda Hurst, who used to be a feature writer for the yeah, I know strong. Linda. Yeah. Yep. I haven't yeah. seen Linda in a while. I Hope she's doing well. Um and
0: so and you they both Joe Rogan.
1: What's that? Are you
0: Canada's I,
1: Joe Rogan? It's my handle, Joe Rogan. Is Are you me?
0: Canada's Joe Rogan?
1: I well, the, see, you just you just made a prejudicial statement against me because of my hair or lack thereof, didn't you? you no, it's your
0: terrific <laughs> interviewer. <laughs> yes, terrific. And, a and some conservative names thrown out there.
1: Well, I'm just starting <laughs> I freestyle yeah. the questions. I, I I was good. I was going to bust Gail's balls a little bit because she uh, she asked me for. Um, she, she sends me an email and she's like, can we have the questions in advance? And I was like, I But, it, talking, but
2: I, I also like, if you're going to ask specific work questions and I'd like to be able to get the, I, get
1: don't him, gonna, I don't answer. know what I'm gonna that, Ryan, going to, I don't know what I'm
0: going
1: to ask. I do a deep dive. Is that what Joe Rogan does? Like, I, yeah, I do. I, I do, I do a deep dive into that. your stuff. For example, for example, the deep dive I did, Katie. Yeah were you like you know how like ballerinas were trained in russia and they get like hit if they don't do it right did someone do that to you when you pose on the on the red carpet because i gotta tell you see if you guys notice anything about katie's feet There's that one
0: crossed that one There's that one i'm just like where did this girl
1: learn to do this like
2: <laughs> I,
0: I, I
1: i've noticed it forever though it's not just something i noticed today i literally said today oh first thing i gotta do is get katie with those got <laughs> I, yeah. I,
2: get to, I get her to teach me how to do it yeah. how do i
0: do it with what should i wear there I must
1: being, be an instructor involved that said this is how you have
0: to do it <laughs> I, weirdly i don't know i actually don't remember where i learned it but i am like very vain and so that's just the pose that you do if you want to look the skinniest. So Is that it? That's, yeah. yeah, that's, Sorry, that's I got, what I I got, got
1: a, I got to study it she so that I can... to
0: put my arm out okay. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like that she's doing right exactly. there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because it's, like... if you look thinner, right? Because yeah. there's air there. So. Yeah, like Is that yet. why? She's, yeah. like, she's also a great photographer. So whenever yeah. I want a picture taken of myself, I get Katie to take it because she always takes the most flattering pictures. Are we okay. sure
1: that's it, not leftovers from the patriarchy like you with your football drawings and you know you with looking
2: fair yeah,
0: <laughs> probably yeah um you no know, but too, i mean i was pretty young when i started being on red carpets and it was mm-hmm. it's um it's, it's uncomfortable and what you said earlier about like you know when you're in a family of artists is everybody like me 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 and in our family that's not really the case like there's a lot of very at all at all like there's a lot of very introverted people and i would say I really hate being the center of attention and I actually am more introverted than people would think or than I present. But so that was just my way of learning how to be comfortable, I guess. But it is ridiculous. Yeah. When you see them side by side, but you're like, come on, uh, mix it up. <laughs> if, you know
1: what? You know, but you know how long it took me to find them? Not that long.
0: Not that long. <laughs> and I just want to
2: say I'm not an introvert. You're not. I yeah. an introvert. No, you're not. Well,
1: yeah. well, that's interesting because um I think I know what you mean. I I know a lot of artists and they're either one or the other. They they're either like outward or shy even. And I I the fact that your family has that mix is interesting. Um yeah. So that means you would take after your father? Is he an introvert? Yeah, it's, it's
0: interesting people think that, you know, my mom and I are extremely similar and we look a lot alike and we do have many like overlaps in our personality but i actually weirdly think i'm also very much like my father and more than even i know (laughs) like each day i'm like more (laughs) more than michael you think i think in some ways a lot more than michael yeah yeah
1: michael's gonna be a great like older man like when he's 50 he's just gonna look like a very distinguished big ass man (laughs) i just feel like he's just gonna be that um Another He's doing talented really guy.
2: Now, too, so. yeah. What's that? He's doing great now. He's really, really
0: doing amazing stuff.
1: Yeah. And didn't you both work on the same project and Michael's music was in that as well?
0: Yeah. I wrote and directed a film that I also acted in. Um, that but she my... played twins in, by the way.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was looking at that. I um I, I closed it now, but yeah, we're all in this together. Was it that one?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and my mom oh, did it and was integral. There we go. And was mm-hmm. integral in um getting it made and helping me do it and Michael did the score with his friend Nat, Nathaniel Smith. But also yeah. a lot of Michael's songs are in it and um I just showed the movie to my dad for the first time yesterday and he remarked how much he really liked the music. Most a lot of people in the audience have said like the music's yeah. amazing.
1: You're yeah. such a good older sister. Look at you just hooking up. My sister used to make my resumes all the time because she was a graphic designer.
0: I would, do, I would do that for Michael, but now he has a wife who can do those things for him. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Maybe Michael can
1: start doing those things for himself. <laughs>
0: yeah. things.
1: Um, now, when you travel in Canada, are you at the point in your career now where people recognize you? Because I've seen it happen in the beach to you when I used to live there.
0: Yeah. Um, no, not really at all, but I have been recognized in my life. Um, yeah. but I, but like, no, no, not. But like as, an introver-
1: as an introvert, do you want to be recognized?
0: No, no. I so mean, it's, it's so nice if someone comes up and says like, uh, I saw that this, mm-hmm. you know, thing you were in and I liked it, but what I get the most, which is so funny to me is like, these two television shows I did as a child called Naughty N O D D Y and the Zach Files, and I oh, I was God. literally ages eight to twelve, and people recognize me for that more than anything.
1: Like, what did you look like when you were eight? Like you had right, the same? I guess the same, thing.
0: I guess the same. Or it's a thing that people like really watched a lot, um, and that's yeah. part of being in Canadian film is that not everything that you're in is seen widely. So why
1: why does Canadian productions? looks so different from american productions when almost like most of american productions are shot in canada
2: uh well is it it money i I don't what do you mean that you think they don't look as professional what what are you saying
0: they
1: don't i'm i'm saying nothing disrespectfully whatsoever (laughs) Present work excluded. Sometimes you can just tell. Like I, if I'm flipping, yeah. well, and, and I don't uh, know I what channel, you know. Yeah. Oh,
2: I think a lot of Canadian television is overlit. I think that they're afraid to take chances. More afraid to take chances, maybe. Do you remember when it was um,
1: underlit with like SCTV? And, you know,
0: you like know a, I mean? yeah, SCTV. I'm, well.
1: Do you remember SCTV? when it was when it was all productions it, were underlit back in the day?
2: On SCTV. Like I don't yeah, think it was. I think that they, they make I mean, jokes they about it all video. the time. Oh, sorry? Yeah, fair enough.
1: Yeah, they, they make the, the people that the alumni of SCTV make jokes about it all the time. They were like, you can always tell it was our show because you couldn't see the man's face on stage
2: because the lighting was so bad.
1: Right? I was actually on that. that.
2: I, I took funny. a lot of photos of of the SCTV people. They were my friends. So um, higher exposure, perhaps.
0: Say on on average, if you're looking at number of Canadian television series that come out that are good, and you put that up against number of American or other markets that are mm-hmm. good. We might even out, but the reality is, is that it's like a, it's a broken system in many ways because it's not market driven. So they're putting Canadians up on TV because there's a mandate that Canadian content has to be on Canadian television for broadcasters and the cable companies. So there's a lot of reasons why, I mean, I was on a panel with the heritage when Melanie Jolie was the heritage minister with a lot of other artists trying to figure out like what, what is it? What is the problem? It's almost like, what is the the problem of consciousness? It's like, what's the problem with Canadian TV and Canadian Mm -hmm. film? And I mean, French Canadian film is incredible and it's world-class. I think some English Canadian film is, but I also think that we're lying to ourselves if we think that a lot of it's, you know, um, the same caliber as the rest of the world. And it's not. Mm -hmm.
1: Starbuck. That is like one of the greatest Canadian films I've ever seen. I, I thought, it. Was, I don't know why I loved it so much, but I loved that movie a lot. And then oh, they made an American American version of it and it, it was called something else and it was just awful. <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah. You don't, you know. I, I want
2: to say just, I, I think there are hmm. many, many amazing Canadian films Yeah, are and I think, oh, not, yeah, I, really I think I really do. And yeah. I, and I think that, that they,
1: innovative they, ones too. Really innovative,
2: yeah, they ones. Up. they're not like, cause you're, we're never, people compare us to like Marvel movies and things like that. Right. We don't have $150 million, $200 million to make a movie in this country. Sir. We have what big budget movies here, like 4 or five, four or $5 million. That's a big budget film. Yeah, that's here.
0: a huge budget. And, you know,
2: normally films are made for, particularly smaller indie films, are made for like a million, million and a half, maybe two yeah, million. I saw
1: the budget on the We're All In This Together, I think it was 1.6 or something yeah. like that
2: yeah and then everything gets has to be deferred and you have to yeah. reinvest your money so you can so it's not it's it's like they become projects of passion and we're very lucky because we have government support and um you know they've only been very kind to me gave me completion money for i did a, a documentary and i did i did um you know i've I got completion money on on my feature film called look is the original sin that katie stars in we like to work together and then, and then, Telefilm was a supporter of Wait, along with uh, James, like just a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, you Firestone, work with a bunch. Yeah. Firestone is one of has been an incredible support for indie Canadian films, and he owns Prodigy yeah. Pictures. So I, you're I mean, always a little bit yeah. short with the government funding. It's like putting a patchwork quilt together, trying to yeah. get this piece here and this piece here, and there are less pieces now because there are less networks that are buying
0: Canadian to Canadian movies and Canadian shows. We've been very so. supported and I've, mm-hmm. I've particularly also been very supported for sure. And I want to make that clear, but you're fighting a losing battle on like with Canadian film or Canadian TV. Like you're I, talking about the, I think a lot of it's the distribution too. The distribution. Right? I feel like there's less and less homes. There's less and less buyers. Like there's
2: two. We're,
1: we're the state of California as far as population goes, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So think about that, right? Yeah. So how do you make a movie and you want to be Canadian centric. So then it makes it a little bit harder, but I do feel like yeah. to, to sell around the world. How right. do you have
1: to be Canadian centric? <laughs> like well, I, you, you do, it do for some.
2: You can't get tax dollars and shoot and say it's Chicago. Yeah. So they can make an American movie here and say it's Chicago. When we're a service industry, but we have to make like, movies.
1: Even Which though I defer, it, by
2: the
1: way. I yeah. would defer to you two in, in, in knowledge of this industry, obviously, um, but as you talk, it's like sometimes it feels like the problem and the solution are the same entity. You know that whole Canadian content system, the CRTC, uh, the tax credits, and all that kind of stuff. Because of what you just said, you're you're more likely to get funding if you make it a Canadiana thing, which I understand. But isn't the production considered a Canadian production only if the production company is Canadian? Like everything else so could be... A point
2: system. And so mm. to get all the money, all the various government money, you have to have, the, I think it's the top 10. Like the Canadian, A Canadian has to be the
0: second highest. To get pay. all the money, yeah. you need 10 out of 10 points. Yeah. 10 out of you 10 can 10 get a lot points. of money, 8 out of 10. Yeah. The lowest is a 6 out of 10 points, and that's often in American. Yeah. So it's a look, it's a complicated issue and you can really argue yeah. on either side, but the truth is it's like we have an industry where we're using tax dollars to make things. So right. we should reflect our country. That gets tricky because how does that sell internationally? Or is there sort of a yeah. glass ceiling as far as financially for artists and the budgets of the films? So mm. it's all it's a very complicated puzzle
2: that no yeah, one I- has- yeah. It is, but you know, we're very lucky. You go to other countries and they say, look at you we don't have anything like this. It's all market based,
0: right? And so we would not be able to do that in I this country. I wouldn't have been able to make my movie in America no. and be in it. No way. Yeah.
1: No. But uh why not? Like yeah. like just yeah. because I'm
0: of I'm not sorry. famous, so I couldn't finance a movie. So you would they would be like it should be Okay, American. I got you. Yeah, oh,
1: in well. the States too, it's like you are your budget's either like 10 to 20 or 150 million. There's not many mid-level movies being made anymore. Yeah, and, there's no and, mid and le-
2: there are no mid-level movies. Yeah. and and But, you know, and also um, SAG has a, an easier deal, I think, so that the low-budget movies, that, uh, you can make them for less
0: money. So sometimes movies are made for less money in the States. Right. Yeah. 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 Like The Wrestler, for example, I don't know which is that incredible Darren Aronofsky film. I don't know the exact dollar budget, but I think it was very low. It was like 300,000 or 100,000 or something. Wow. And that, you can never <laughs> we can get Mickey
1: Rourke on the cheap. Just do it. <laughs> You could
0: never make it. You could never make that movie in Canada for that amount of money.
1: We're, oh, okay. I see, I see what you mean. Yeah. Plus, yeah. they probably, the script was amazing. Uh, you know, like yeah, it was just yeah. such a good, well done yeah. story. And then you have, and then you have your main character who is literally in real life a guy who kind of burnt out of his career and made a really good comeback. It was it's kind of like the self-fulfilling prophecy. It was great. Um, Katie, I remember yours. Uh, when I, I couldn't find it, I tried to find it, but I couldn't, um, the scene that you did with Ethan Hawke in, in blue. I, I love that scene. I wasn't expecting you to play a character like that and I knew you were in the movie and I watched it and I was like, that was, amazing. I was totally not expecting that. Um, I know that it was just as a, like a small role or whatever, but, but, can you tell me about that experience? What it was like, if anything happened that sticks out?
0: Yeah. So you know, what's so, in, what was so amazing for me with that film is he wrote one of my favorite novels called the hottest state that I read when I was young, like in my early twenties. And it really, that's when I was starting to write myself. So I was really inspired because I thought like, wow, like this is the kind of thing I'd like to write and I could write this. And then he always was my favorite actor and writer. And then once we were in New York city together, like seeing a play, I forget why we were there. And we were on the subway and he like crossed on the platform. And I was like, Oh wow. Like that's so amazing. And then I, and then I got to work with him and do this scene with him. So when I was offered that part, I was like, absolutely no question. I don't care how big it is. I just want to be, I want to work with him and to work with him was incredible because one, I could tell him how much I loved his book. Mm -hmm. And two, he's, um, Rob Boudreau, who directed the film, is a great director, but Ethan's very directorial in how he works. So he gave me a lot of really good ideas. Um, and that was amazing. It was like playing with your idol or like in the big leagues or something to watch one of the most talented people work and to have them care enough to include you in that process and give you notes and ideas was really amazing. I that, just want to awesome. say she's also yeah. pathetic in in that way yes but, i'm psychic so when she was a kid
2: him
0: into my life yeah honestly awesome. <laughs> so when she was a kid she
2: said she got offered some disney show and i think you were 12
0: or she 11
2: and she said i don't want to do disney shows i want to be an actress like anna paquin so three months later my girl because of my, my girl, girl right yeah, yeah. The call from LA saying, "Would I be Anna Paquin's tutor in photography?" She's coming to do X Men in Toronto, and they need to give her. She's studying photography. Would I? So she became like part of the family. So Katie from Katie Shay. That's how that happened. And then we began, We saw her in plays in New York and London, and you know, we, but back to be- so- like yeah. such
0: yeah. a creative yes. family. Another, I think, shared gift that a lot of us have is like being sort of extrasensory. So do with that what you will, but we all have like, not in the way that I can like read tarot cards or anything, but I do think that something to do with creativity is also to be tapped into some other layer or realm. It it,
1: it is definitely, I I don't know what you would call it. I am, I'm, I'm a non-believer or whatever, but I, what you just said, um, it touches on things like synchronicity and things like that. And um, I had this thing happen to me once like 20 years ago where I, I was starting a, uh, like a marketing company um, and we were going to do like sponsorship activation at events and I needed to get a card, a business card made. So I went to my sister <laughs> got the business card made and I I was inspired. Like I told her what I wanted because I found a business card um, downtown Toronto and I was I, like on the ground, like Bay and Queen or something. And I picked it up and I was just like, Oh, this I want something like this. So I gave it to my sister. She did something like that. And then we went to this meeting uh, with, a, with a bank for the Canadian Youth and Business Foundation. And we went into the office and uh, he was like, okay, do you got, your, uh, you got your new logo? And I slid the card cause I thought it was so dope. I was like, mm-hmm. and we were called Madflower. And the M and the F looked the same and the ad and the lower looked the same. Or <clears throat> and, and it was a nice card. And he looks at us and he's like, is this some kind of joke? And we're like, "What are you talking about?" He takes out his business card and he slides it along. It's the business card that I had picked up on the that street. You
2: found that you like copied weeks earlier. Yeah, yeah. No. but we didn't co- We
1: copied the style, right? But not. We didn't bite it. We used used different font and shit. But like, there yeah, we, we we were inspired by it. And I looked what at him and like, and I out of my pocket, I pulled out the dirty business card. I'm like, I found it. I told oh. the story. He was like, "That's crazy." So I know what you mean. I think like yeah, it's hard yeah. to explain, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. what would you guys be doing if you weren't in this industry? You think?
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's right. Welcome to the big league. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have Questions a lot of hobbies. I don't know if I could have made any of those into careers, but um, I'm tap dancing and singing back up in a ska band because I've been taking some time off. I'm <laughs> doing that. So I don't I, I have made it. That's the greatest answer <laughs> ever. Crowbar. back in the day i used to sing back up with crowbar i don't know if you're old enough to remember who they are but,
1: i i uh, remember the i remember the bar crowbar.
2: famous canadian band yeah, um okay. so i but i stopped doing that when i got jobs at the First, first started doing that and then i went in that direction because so i was just paint and draw and take pictures and and sing and i love dancing and then i just stopped doing that started doing the usual workouts and now i uh
1: so theater concierge something like that i don't
2: know <laughs> do, i would do anything that would be interesting to and to be around people i'm very interested in the mm. human condition just getting to talk to people and figure out what makes them kick that's always driven me yeah Katie? yeah
0: such a great question and one that i definitely think about a lot lately because i feel like mm-hmm. as i as i get older i wonder like what do i really authentically want to do you know um a lot of people ask me if I'm a therapist when they first talk to me because I don't know why. I guess they feel comfortable telling me things. I don't know that I would like that job, but I do think I could be good at it. Um, I don't know. Can sometimes. I say
1: something that? Okay, I, I want to yeah. just quickly say something that that is going to sound bad. So I'm going to preamble it so you know what. Yeah. Go ahead. Go it. Because um, yeah. I have uh, I have a therapist, and I have, all do. she is she's like five ten with this long, gorgeous red hair, and she wears certain. Types of clothing that are, le- and I'm just like, I, I am not immature like that. I did not say anything inappropriate or anything like that. It is a little distracting because as men, we are sort of programmed to put our best foot forward and we're at therapy. <laughs> we're literally there to put our worst foot forward. Right. So I'm like, <sighs> but I got no, trans- it. I, yeah. Transference
0: trans- 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 happening yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is why you should, yeah. I
0: feel why, like, why do you have a woman? You should probably
1: have a man. Me? Yeah. Oh, I have a man? Why? Why is that?
0: Um, I think they find it well, it's interesting. You can be like I do better with the opposite gender, but usually they'll pair you with your same gender.
1: Interesting. I'll take a tomboy. How's that? Is that is that a good trade off? Do they still call them tomboys? Is what I just because said. Your
2: therapist is, is too hot. Too That's what you're saying.
1: I didn't say that. You said that, Gail. Are you married? <laughs> um divorce, but yeah, we're, 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 oh, well, we're still technically in the same house. Yes.
0: I'm sorry. I'm too yeah, I'm happy. Just, we get sorry. it. it, it, it
1: you would be like, I'm sorry. If if I had said, no, no we're staying together. <laughs> I'm so sorry, James. Chips. <laughs> Sweetest.
0: Well, I would.
2: Congratulations.
0: Yeah. Thank yeah.
1: you. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Okay.
1: We might have a divorce party, you know.
0: I would love that school. More people. I don't know what the it. opposite of a. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: We'll be there. Oh, great. Yeah, that should be fun. Um. Listen, I, I need to know if Canadian movies turn a profit, because I can't find that information anywhere. I know what the budget is, but I never no. know.
2: I would, I would, I want to say absolutely no, not, no, but there are no. some that have. Like I think going back to Porky's, going back like some <laughs> movies that have been not only Porky's, but that's like a big one. A there are some. That, that oh, was I one of my
1: movies. that was one of my puberty movies. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah.
2: The Quebec movies make money. Uh, mm-hmm. I think more than. English language because we're we're competing against the huge American shows and trying to get a movie in a theater even here is not easy, right? Because they want to have they want to show all the big blockbuster movies and all the movies that there's all the press about because there's a much larger machine in the States, as we all know. But I mean it's actually the same all over the world. It's not only here, maybe harder because our, our language is the same language and are we different and how different are we? And you know, which we are, I think very different. I, I mean, France has the same problem, right? They're, they they but they subsidize their movies more, I think, in theaters than we do here. I, I've heard that. I that's true for sure. But
0: I also think that it's almost a like I almost disagree with the premise, if that makes sense, of the question because it, that's not how the industry is. Actually, that's not what it's set up to do it's a government subsidized industry to support Canadian artists. So it's not necessarily to their incentive. But they want you, to make they money. want you to make money, but yeah. their incentive often is to fund movies that are not blockbusters. They'll be like, this is the opportunity to get a movie made that isn't a blockbuster or that is a particular Canadian story that wouldn't otherwise be told. But the, um, TV. But they're equity investors in the movie. Yeah. With the money they give you, they're equity mm-hmm. investors. And that TV and does do. make money, though. The yeah. TV makes money. You can't lose money
1: on a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Like, it reminds me of, uh, I know this producer. He works with a lot of big artists. And he tells me, you know, he's like, Do you know that thing where, like, you backpack somewhere and if, like, Americans sometimes put a Canadian thing on there? Right. Canadian artists, like, musicians, do not put that they are Canadian on their like Twitter bios and things like that because no, they no, see no, it as no. a thing. They see it as anti, you know, like um, antithetical or whatever you call it to uh, to make to to being popular in the United States. Like when they well, that's, Drake that's, is
0: I mean, that's true. If musicians are ridiculous if they do that because the biggest artists in the world in music are Canadian. For TV, yeah. for film and TV, yes, yes.
2: People are always well, so surprised. Would, Who's Canadian? Well, we all know who the Canadians are because they all hang That's out. It's like together, the right? most. Canadian yeah, but but the, the Canadian, society.
1: the Canadian, the Canadians yeah. are the megastars. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Canadians yeah. are the mega stars, right? But like, Canadians but if you're changing, just like a mid-level band.
0: Look, look at, at Shit's Creek. Look yeah. at Letterkenny. Look mm-hmm. at like yeah. things are changing, and it's such a new industry. So sometimes mm-hmm. I also feel it is so Canadian, and I'm guilty of it. But mm-hmm. it's so Canadian to hate something unless it's recognized or deemed successful by the states. Dude, that's why everybody goes down. That's why you leave. The Bare naked Ladies.
1: The naked Ladies. They didn't really hit until they went to the States and did that, you know, like what, 10 years yeah. after they broke? Something like that?
2: Yeah. But and they oddly, never made it as, as big as they thought they were, as people thought they should have. And the, the tragically
0: hip were never famous in the States, but so famous what,
1: here. There's kind of a reason for that, though. So, rumor mill, um, their manager at the time, apparently had him locked into this contract, and when they had the opportunity, he wouldn't let them go. And so six years then went by, and then it was too late. Dan Aykroyd got him on Saturday Night Live and everything, and and apparently American audiences were like, "Nah, we don't like this." You know, yeah. they didn't pick the right songs or something. But I kind of like it that the hip remained domesticated.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah, like it's in like Canadian culture. There's so many talented, talented artists. Yeah, in in every art form in this country, mm-hmm. there truly are. Yeah and uh
1: you know. yeah we have a really we a
0: lot of
1: them, yeah yeah we have a really rich tapestry here when it comes yeah. to like like i was going to say earlier about um canadian movies being unique i think you might know him katie i'm pretty sure you do i have a good friend named matt hansen who wrote uh the yes. movie zoom yeah and i thought that was just like i've never seen a concept like that before yeah. um it was like it was a weird kind of like twilight zone meets inception or something and um and that's the kind of movie like it wouldn't have to be promoted as canadian to be popular in canada but it still didn't really get to that like it was straight to netflix kind of thing but i think it did well but how does the maybe my question is this how, how does the canadian industry have to adjust when they don't do television but they're doing film and theater culture or whatever you want to call it is really just science fiction now like what? what is it just digital and that's all because maybe that's
0: not the that. whole world right
2: yeah, that's, whole Gen- world. that's the whole world yeah. i mean it, theaters are our theaters in dying industry yeah maybe yeah so we did just yeah. click on netflix and watch whatever you want right And sit yeah. in your house though so i love i tried to see all the oscar movies in the theater i tried to see friends movies in theaters and we just we just screamed katie's movie for her dad's birthday on monday and it's nice. it was and i've seen it so many times i've seen it at film festivals because a lot of the festivals were online right during covid so we've seen it screamed a few times on a big screen but to see it at fox theater in the beach was like spectacular oh you yeah, no, had so, Fox? that's great yeah. i fox, love that theater first the first, yeah. first theater she ever went to she saw superman when she was a baby waved it did,
1: did you go oh, to the wow. goof that night when you went to see the we Right after for
2: yes. lunch. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you,
1: it's so funny. I live in the country now. I live like four hours north of Toronto, oh, and I, in a little town called Killaloo, which is like oh. right beside a town called Barry's Bay. And if you right. don't know that, it's Bancroft or Pembroke or Renfrew. Like a, yeah, it's yeah. it's in the middle there. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> what was goof, oh yeah, the chinese the food. Food. so all these little communities have chinese food places yeah and right. they're all just awful <laughs> like they're just awful yeah. and the three times is more expensive than a place like the Goof. i think about the goof all the time just not even all because over. it's cuisine or anything but yeah it's, i went no, to Toronto right? for the first time goof. in two and a half years like last month and yeah, um... the first thing i did when i was get when i got there i was like all right Time for some non-white people food <laughs> i literally went out and just but, got like six different takeouts from four different continents and all that kind of stuff know, it was that's, just, that's it was the awesome.
2: amazing thing about Toronto. i love living in toronto yeah. i truly do i think it's about to um, place to live the whole world i do
1: yeah um i i i found it a little dystopian when i came back have you ever left toronto or and went to the country for a long time and then came back
2: we on have County, but I can't say that I go for like months at a time, but I do go away for week. But when I'm working, I go away for months at a time. But I'm I've so I well, even... i have i not
1: been back in over two years. So it's been well, well, too to
2: So what you found it was too much for you now.
1: Do you or? remember um uh The Running Man? Remember that remember that Schwarzenegger movie? I was a yeah. kid, it was the first time I ever saw what ads might be like in the future. And we have surpassed running man <laughs> i think if you it's just if you just do like a, a 360 at dundas Square. i know dundas square is like in a, the most crazy well Dundas
2: square. square is supposed to be times square that's why it looks like that, right. And, for that right
1: yeah we got to stop doing that we were copying new york stuff um but even doing a 360 there or anywhere young and bluer uh queen and queen and ambassadors even it doesn't matter there are hundreds of ads in your panoramic view and i find it really when i, when I stopped to look at it i was because i lived in toronto my whole life never really noticed it like that now mm-hmm. i'm all like maybe i'm a just a consumer you know like i felt all weirded out by it i think the pandemic probably just didn't. i think
2: really you know. come back for a couple more <laughs> visits you'll get over that. that's true my, give me a lot of great street life great restaurants great music great theater there's you know well
0: anything. the
1: beaches doesn't feel like toronto
0: no. no, um, it's like a small town.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like Prince Edward oh, yeah. County has like a big suburb or something. You know, like it feels... Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, one of my favorite games to play,
0: oh, even though... I,
1: no, but uh, I'm not asking to play again. But one of my favorite games to play, even though I've only been on like 20 sets in my life, is trying to figure out where in Toronto the film was shot at. <laughs> I love that game. Oh, oh you do? Know, yeah. yeah, Trinity Bellwoods, like for people that aren't in the industry they're like how did you know that that was trinity Bellwoods?" it's just like yeah. that's where they like to shoot shit like that <laughs> but yeah. but you you can see certain things i saw my old apartment once on uh seth rogan's movie i don't remember what it was called he played like this kind of wimpy boyfriend it wasn't a comedy Anyways, oh, Sarah
0: Holly's yeah. movie, Sarah yes. stories we tell. Yeah. yeah,
1: yes. And I and I saw my old apartment and I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, Shad, I just interviewed Shad a couple weeks ago and uh, or a week I ago. I
2: love what's Shad. What's he up to? I've, I've got to go back like, and find your
0: podcast. I him for like a decade. I loved he was like, I love I interviewed him like when I was mm. being um an intern at a place called Verve Girl when I was like 20 oh. or 19. And but yeah, he was so cool.
1: He is. Like uh, one of the realest guys ever. It's funny, the first time I interviewed him was like 11 years ago, and it was a great interview, like 45 minutes. Shook his hand, Shadow walks out of the room. My camera comes up to me and is like, Yeah, I didn't get any of that.
2: <laughs> no, so did you run like, after him and ask him to do it again?
1: No, because I didn't want to be that guy, you know, I just wanted to just so it's just a, but i learned how to look at it like a conversation um shad's doing great listen i, I hadn't talked to him since he made hip-hop evolution oh so good i don't know if you guys so watched good. it but it's it's the definitive it. hip-hop documentary ever of
2: course michael's my son of course I it. yeah michael yeah. I've been yeah. yeah.
1: does michael educate you on hip-hop gail is that what it is
2: yes absolutely i go to his hip-hop markets that he has at bar cathedral He's got a residency there once a month, and it's incredible. Yeah. And I go, and a lot of my old friends come, and we, you know, we, we get a little table, sit there, and just—it's phenomenal to watch all. The, it's again in Toronto, watch all these young hip hop artists. Michael curates it, and he performs. He's got some amazing people that perform, and it's—it's uh, it's phenomenal. I often feel like this must have been what it was like at the Cavern Club in Liverpool, where with all these new young. Yeah, exactly are like that, musicians. for sure. Mark <laughs> my words. You should come. You come down really come good. down come down from the country and go to, and go yeah. to one of the sites it's fun.
1: unbelievable i will um yeah D- Does having a lyricist for a son um did it make you learn how to uh for a person who's not like a hip-hop enthusiast finally understand the lyrics like does that help having a son
2: i'm, I'm always hip-hop? pretty i mean i'm a real real music person and I thought that hip hop quite frankly was since the sixties with sixties and seventies with all that music that actually most people still listen to to this day, I thought hip hop was the first new thing that I had heard. And mm-hmm. I, I did always feel it was like poetry and I do feel like it came from the streets, uh, it's, you know, now it's not that anymore, but there's some incredible work being done. It's oh. Incredible.
1: Yeah. And it's funny cause when I was a kid, rappers were like athletes at like in the late 30s, they just stopped, you know, being popular and making stuff. And now they're putting in work, like Eminem even. Like, I, I I don't hate Eminem, but, you know, I wasn't the greatest fan of his. He's a better rapper now, I think, than he was like 20 years ago. Because he kept doing it. And, um, yeah. Um, and Shad has a tour that's coming up. He's really deep, eh? Like, he's like, you know, I, I told him, I'm like, you're not the kind of cat that, like, we're not, we're not going to see some desperate attempt for a hit where you got like shiny suits on and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to happen with you. He's like, no, that definitely won't happen. Um, yeah. he's like one of our, he should have made it bigger
2: in the States, I think.
1: Well, I think, um, I think he has the talent where he would deserve it, but yeah. it would be hard for a guy like Shad because I think Americans kind of need something to attach like a gimmick to. Um, and not, not a gimmick necessarily in a bad way, but like, like maybe you're in Chicago or maybe you're, you know, whatever. <clears throat> um, Shad is like, he's so organic and he doesn't it's not sparkly enough for the United States, I think. Like, I can't think of any artists out now that would fit the image of Shad. That's an American rapper. That's popular. I can't think of that. Like when Lupe and Fiasco first came
0: out, it, maybe. No, is he that? was, I mean, Chad's like a backpack rapper, right? So he almost would have, he should have come like when it was like, not that Tribe is that, but he fits more into that realm of almost like 90s, very conscious hip hop. Well, he would love big...
1: to hear you say that. He would love yeah. it. Cause, uh, Cause Q-Tip is his favorite, I believe.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I I see him sort of in that vein and like very much a man of God, but not necessarily in like the mega church like Kanye way, you know, I just yeah. think that, yeah, it's, 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 it's timing. is very interesting as an artist with like, what is your voice and when did you come into the world? And does mm-hmm. that match up with trends? Like I think it's so now, were you a, ahead of the game. Yeah. A little behind. Ride the way yeah. of a trend. Yeah. Are you lucky? Does it just sync up that way? Or are you phenomenally talented and the trends were the trends?
1: Yeah. a Part of that, I think would he would say would be with like the, the background, the backstory of Shad, you know, being, um, born in uh yeah, he mean. was born in in kenya to rwandan parents who were fleeing the yeah. genocide
2: yeah and,
1: you know and they had family killed they end up in a lot imagine going from like kenya to london ontario like that must have been just like a completely yeah. like jesus
0: yeah. well, well how amazing is is canada that yeah. they did that and they have this life and their son is a celebrity yeah right like he puts
1: his moms on songs like yeah. Mike did canada, canada,
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah, yeah, there's a there's two tracks. One is Brother Watching from Years Ago and then the other I one love is that. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Very, very developed. So, so yeah. Yeah. But yes, we so, all love in this house. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, am I supposed to give you guys give you guys like a moment to plug shit? Do you want to plug things? I don't yeah. usually ask people that, but maybe because you guys are in film and TV. I usually talk to rappers and politicians.
0: Just so. follow me on Instagram. God, that's my favorite kind of content, rappers and politicians. That's all I want really? to about. Yes, all about all, yeah, All I care yeah. about is politics <laughs> and, and rap. Good. me
2: yourself, James. It's coming, on the the it's
0: coming yeah. out in the fall. It's coming out the called We're All In This Together. If you follow me on Instagram, Katie boland 13 um, anything you'd want to know about me and more is on that.
2: Yeah.
1: Hold on, hold on. I, I had a couple other pictures here of you. there's one I love this picture. This picture's awesome. <laughs>
0: we love it too.
1: Who was yeah. the photographer? Because there's a bunch of shots from this shoot that were really good.
0: I actually don't remember which is a tragedy, but they are really yeah. good.
1: Well, it was- and then this reminded me of any threesome that I had ever been involved with always ended like that. <laughs> Yeah. Really did.
0: I was <laughs> like, are you about to show a picture my mom and I'm in the same sentence, oh. So
2: I'm gonna parole. <laughs>
1: but that's <laughs> I directed
2: that, the that. entire season, the entire last season of that show. Yes, and it was that's why I'm showing Yeah. On, what, so what, what,
1: the con- what was the concept? Because I haven't seen this. So concept this would be a good trouble. way to help Canadian trouble.
2: productions was, make They were happen. the three of them were madly in love. And you know, all the Trials and tribulations that come with that jealousy, and people think it's weird where you live. I and mean, you've got had phenomenal actors, and it was yeah. just a fabulous, fabulous. You know show. how
1: men? You know how men are like? Men have all those flaws. Like, yeah. can you even imagine two men? Because I think that's the way we feel about two women. We're just like, oh my god, two? <laughs> what am I gonna do? There's not enough time in the day for two women. I, I, I
0: am yeah. not, not young person but it's I mean, a real thing i can't you know? picture it but yeah. I mean, people do it and people are really happy yeah,
1: yeah. it's a real phase i, I, I mean too, thing.
0: yeah i would be you know. too jealous and i think i personally am simply too much work for someone to want another person in the mix oh. like,
1: You ever so watch I'm that happy. show
2: sister wives on, on the learning channel
1: no Ugh. but i look like the guy from I powder know. every time the sun shines do you notice that yeah. <laughs> i keep on going
0: it's, nice. it's like it's like moody
1: it's literally yeah. the sun moving through It's either
0: tops, awesome. overexposed,
2: or moody, but it's very good. Um, it. Mr. Wives, if you ever watch that show, that guy has, like, five wives. I mean, and he's got yes. a schedule. When they all live in
0: different houses
2: on the same street.
0: Mm-hmm. You can okay. understand it from, like, if, you're, if you have kids. Mm,
1: I have two kids, yep.
0: You have two kids. So sometimes you're like, I would, maybe your ex-wife would think, I wish I had more help so if there's i wish woman, i had a, a sister friend, a sister yeah. somebody yeah. like white yeah. people yeah. Live in yeah you can also understand i do think it's unrealistic to expect one partner to give you everything in life like you're never going to be they kind be. of misogynistic though isn't it that there was one man and that well that's like really that was the, religious that's religious yeah, yeah. 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 oh yeah like that I,
1: first oh, of yeah. all the trade-off the trade-off isn't worth it unless you have like 20 kids but that's the only way the trade-off is worth it <laughs> like yeah you know, <laughs> you <laughs> you know
2: I don't know. I, I used just, to I, I find everything fascinating. Yeah. I do. Even if it's not yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 I don't have
1: know. any, I don't have any PR people telling me I can't say things. So I end up getting in trouble sometimes, but um, <laughs> the, the um, yeah, the, yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with culture now because of things like that. Like <clears throat> I have a, I have a theory that a lot of the things that are being offered to kids right now are not necessarily, things they would choose if they didn't think they had something to choose from. Do you know what I mean? Like polyamorous,
2: like,
0: yeah. so I, I feel are... like that.
1: Why? <laughs> well, oh no, I'm not, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I take like, my breakfast. So talking about, right?
0: he's, 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 are you talking about gender or are you
1: talking about polyamory or? Oh, I, well, both, but I, I was thinking of gender at the time. And I'm not even saying like this, the doctor doesn't exist. It's just like, I, okay. I, I tell this story sometimes, but I grew up from like age like five to maybe 15. Every Sunday, like 15 lesbian softball players came to my house to party with my mom. <clears throat> and I like
2: uh-huh. learned,
1: I got a crash course in like gay culture from, you know, all these women. I talk to them now, a couple of them, and they're like, I feel like I would have been pressured to be trans. If I grew up now instead of that. And she's like, I'm so happy. Really, We're not leading
0: yeah. into this one. What? <laughs> We're not leading into this one. Wow. sorry. No. First of all, well, I mean, I don't know. That's interesting. There's nothing
1: wrong think. with the question. And the answer well, doesn't have to be controversial. I think public relations is poisoning us to think that we can't talk about things, I think. You have to stick oh, yeah, a flag. Exactly. I'm not even sticking right. a flag. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I do think that the, the PC culture is over the top. And I think everyone behind closed doors will tell you that. But I also think like I'm very comfortable as a cisgendered straight woman. And I have no idea what it feels like to feel dysmorphic or not in the right gender. Oh, I yeah. do think a lot of the softball lesbians you grew up with, if they were in today's society, would have been non-binary or trans just because that's an option now.
2: Right, and right. When, when back in the day, it wasn't even really an option no. to
0: be an open lesbian or gay person, you must imagine how hard that life I, was. I actually right? just had a meeting with someone who was very successful uh, in music videos in the 80s and she said that, obviously a bearded liberal if you're in that industry, mm-hmm. and she said yeah. like, she knew people that were gay, but they wouldn't talk about it and they wouldn't really tell you. Mm-hmm. You might find out if you're really close. And there were also lesbians in her life, but they didn't talk about it. And that wasn't yeah. that long ago.
1: I graduated in nineteen ninety five. There was not a single person that ever came out of my high school. Right? So like right? I don't know yeah, when I, that started, but
0: Yeah, yeah. my best friend in high school. is <clears throat> still my best friend is gay, was gay, and he didn't come out in high school. But it took till university and he knew. We, we all knew. Everybody knew. Everybody knew he was. But just, you can
1: tell when they're like six sometimes. You know,
0: people are born
2: into their sexuality. I do believe that. Yeah. I think now yeah.
0: it's very fluid and you can, people are, yeah you can experiment. And I think sexuality is like, I do believe in the Kinsey scale. I'm very, I'm very straight. I'm very on the straight side. Yes. Yeah. So not everybody is. Some people are more in the middle.
1: Yeah. I, got, I got in trouble. I got, I got in trouble once because I was like <clears throat> debating somebody and I said, okay, fine but there should be an app and the next, every time a gender is discovered, we should get a ping and we get to know who discovered it and how they discovered it. And
2: a new gender. Yes, a new because gender. The,
1: well, yeah. New York <laughs> state has like 71 genders, literally 71 genders. And I'm just like, where did these come from? Like, like who decides those? what they're called? Like, but okay, I, look
0: at, okay, Do you do you actually think In society, there are like seventy-one functioning genders, or is this just a talking point that riles up like the Jordan Peterson
1: audience? Oh, like honestly, I don't don't care if those people get riled up. They can they can go fuck themselves. I don't don't really care. I I just I just want to understand it. But I feel like there's there's a certain point in that issue where you just have to go blind faith. They got this. You don't have to understand. And that's what I sort of feel it's 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 like right. So I don't know how that happened, but. Yeah, I can see why you don't want to talk about
2: you it. Can't walk, you're not walking <laughs> in anybody's shoes, right? That's the thing. So I, I try really hard not to be judgmental. I yeah. think that it must be a very difficult thing to be in that position. I
1: don't I want to be judgmental, control. I just want to understand it. I just want someone to explain it to me. Like who, that, that,
2: who, who would be the authority? Do you know any people that are transitioning or
0: anything like that?
1: Not transitioning, but I, I know one person who's like hasn't transitioned and one person who has. And I knew one of them as a female before, and as a male now. <clears throat> and I, I think that we, we I, I don't know what to think. But you know, the I'm a male in a female body, and vice versa. That seems completely um, difficult and real, and all that stuff. But then all the myriad of things inside the spectrum seem, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know I don't understand it I don't I don't really understand how you well, know. You know
0: what I don't, but I think, that's, now, I, don't but know. I think that that's it. It's that you don't. Understand I want to understand. It. Yeah. Right. But there's no one who's. You're not going to live it, right? Teach yeah. you. It's not their job to teach you, right? Like I think that well, society the, it's always. Yeah, go ahead. Society shifts and change, and gender has been very constraining for a long time. Like a lot oh. of my life is dictated by my gender because I present very female, whatever. Your life is very dictated by your gender. And is that kind of bullshit? Like, sort of, yeah. Like, I wish that there could be, I wish that that mattered less. I hope that for my children, that won't matter as much. But I also think it's a lot of, um, it's kind of just like being a shock jock or saying something controversial when people are like, there's 71 genders and I don't understand it. And I don't mean to be rude to you now. No, but- no, no, no,
1: no. I know how it sounds in our culture when I say that. But what I mean is, I want to understand it. But there is, there's, there's a, it would be like saying I want to understand Catholicism. And you have to skip the part where you accept there's an omnipotent being, I guess, and just and just accept it. I'm not comparing it to, to an omnipotent being in that sense. I'm saying there's a gap where I, I, I don't know how they go from this to that. And I want to know how. I want to look under the hood. But no one's ever willing to like, you have to accept things like, well, gender theory says that gender is a social construct. And then, then not to believe. And it's like, well, wait a second. What if society is a gender construct? It kind of means the same thing anyways, right? Like, it, it's I'm like... Sure male, I find
0: uh, why don't I send you some stuff? Because I think there's a lot of reading and yeah, there's a lot of yeah. ways that you can educate yourself. And I I do think that to say that gender is a total construct is is untrue. But I also think that gender is too strict in the binary way that we understand it or have understood it as a culture.
2: Nice. And I think
0: for generations and generations, yeah, probably like thousands back. and thousands of years. Lots of indigenous cultures, there's yeah. often like a two spirit or like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of, you will like, you can look back throughout history and see people who have felt uncomfortable in their gender. There's no question, yeah
1: yeah i mean and i'm you know, not the
0: authority on this i'm not a trans person i'm, I'm not non-binary like whatever i say is bullshit also because it's not my lived experience yeah i think
1: part of the divide in north america are like this fear to have a conversation because one side doesn't want to sound like the enemy of the other side and vice versa and and so people like i'm in the middle i'm a moderate I, i'm mostly progressive i think and then there's certain aspects of identity politics. I guess I'm like center right or something, <clears throat> but who cares? Like I, you know, nuance shouldn't be dead, right? Like we should be able to talk without being judgmental. And I think that the right do that a lot. I think the left don't realize they do that, but they do it. You know, Yeah. it's an interesting,
0: Honestly, real, there's a huge, there's a breakdown in culture. And it's now, you know, mm-hmm. it's very tribal, like politics and identity. And that's part of why I'm so obsessed with politics. And it's why I think about it a lot is just because it's so, it's like a Shakespearean, like the amount of mm-hmm. drama and mistakes. And so I do think that that's, you know, that we're living in a challenging moment culturally. Everyone's making mistakes, everyone's trying to learn. Some people do not want to learn at all. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's complicated, right? But I think it and is not, conversations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it is. And, you know, like, I think it's one of those things where um, like the right need to learn how to be civil or they need to just stay home. <laughs> right. Because the reason why the left is so apprehensive to have this conversation is because it does often turn into, you know, just like a way to score political points to a base of rabid right eating. And, and I, I think that a lot
2: of, <laughs> right? yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people get hurt when people yeah. say things. And I think that's the problem, right? There's a lot of people that we don't understand what it was like living like those people. And, and they're angry, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean you're constantly a,
1: judged. They were, they're, like trans people, especially. And
2: protesting and, you know, yeah. I was I was a kid in high school. I was taking around petitions so girls could wear pants to school. So we wouldn't have to freeze wearing skirts all winter in Canada. That wasn't that long ago. That was not, it was, you what know, think it. of that. It was like, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: You know, it's not and, like I didn't feel this way before I had a daughter, but yeah. <clears throat> I like to joke that I'm uh i I'm 50% Italian. When my daughter was born, that number shot up to about 486% Italian. <laughs> so now I'm <laughs> like, okay, you, don't, you can't let that fucking boy tell you what to, like, I'm really all over that shit right now. Cause I wanted to be, you know, assertive
2: and tough. Yeah. 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 She's going to Is be it wrong that did. I want? It, well, Someone I wanted to place
1: I wanted to play softball. If you know what I mean, I think she makes it. Yeah, But yeah.
2: well, well, she, she, she might not want to. You she might not know, want to. And so and I share yeah, with their personalities. You can encourage them. I encourage Katie to do everything. She always, she always. Sometimes she was a little kid, wanted to wear party dresses and fancy shoes. And I remember my mom picking her up from school, giving me shit because she went to school and. Captain Leather shoes and a party dress, which is playing in the schoolyard. she won't wear anything else. And I, well, and I, I didn't feel like oh, I'd just make her wear what, you know, she could wear what she wanted.
1: Well, she has to feel a certain way too, because she, Katie, correct me if I'm wrong. You probably knew what you're going to do in your life since you were like seven. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, gonna you know, I, think yeah. even,
0: I think younger is when I first talked about wanting to be an actress and yeah, I also did talk about wanting to be a writer too when I was a child, but my dad, I think, definitely wanted me to play softball, and I did. But I won the participation award. It could
1: have changed your life, Katie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was the catcher. She I wasn't very break, good. At seven. No, it's great. Great Great five. Great six. Yeah, yeah. But no, I had like no aptitude at all in that area, and I still don't. Yeah. But mm. as long as she well, has you're... you love her, your daughter's going to be just fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love
1: her. Like, like, yeah, she's, uh, and she's really tiny. Like she's going to be six soon. She's still only 30 pounds Like, she's oh, super tiny. And so yeah. Little. And I think it's my fault because like you, I sometimes say things that the universe provides. And one day I was like, Oh, stop growing. And she, <laughs> day, she <stopped> growing. <laughs> It's your fault. <laughs> just,
2: yeah. yeah. It's,
1: my fault. it's like you, when you, when you get that wish from Stillskin, you got to read the fine print. I should have, uh, <laughs> she was top that, but she's so tight ty- i can
0: still we'll
1: i i joke with her i joke with my uh with my wife that i'm gonna carry her down the aisle because i still will be able to i added nona who was like four foot eight so she maybe be that's the
0: key factor yeah mm. um, listen guys it. this has
1: been this has been fun thank you for letting me veer off accidentally into that other area that's hard to talk okay. about but um and my voice is going to be dead soon so i think we should wrap it up but i appreciate you guys coming and uh oh, tell michael anytime, to, anytime. Uh,
2: to, talk to, to talk to you nice, to see you. Yeah. So yeah. nice to see and you guys you. as well well i'll invite you guys on
1: whenever good. you want to come yeah okay yeah. thank okay. you guys katie bullen and gail harvey um that was fun for me um aside from the fact that my voice is like just dead i was saying before when i <clears throat> before i went on the air if i should uh if I should just go for one voice (laughs) I can't do that at all it doesn't even sound like Barry White sounds like he's drunk um I gotta go apparently I'm doing Bonzi's show at like nine (laughs) dude I'll do it but but I might have to be in the background talking like this um but we'll see what we'll see how it goes my thanks to Gail Harvey and Katie Boland I can't remember right now who we have next um but we'll talk soon
0: Blackboard black 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 black
2: black the podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers.
0: Hi I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch out programs in Baton Rouge Louisiana.